Oh, yeah, 93 WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's out today. Brad Kloppenstein in for Casey. Kev's here. Brad, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Epstein didn't kill himself. What? <laughs> is it, when, when did this come about? Isn't it amazing the government's <laughs> ability to l- just make things the most obvious in the world and then lie to you about it with a straight face? Well, well if he didn't, who killed him? Um, Was that the Clintons? <laughs> Yeah, you know, I think there's a variety of suspects. <laughs> uh, and like I said, I mean, it's just amazing to me how obvious they make it and then who go, would, oh, yeah, he totally killed himself. Who would have anything to gain by him being dead? Uh, obviously. And, and the idea that, like, they left the guy unsupervised and the cameras aren't working. And I mean, it's just it's highly laughable, but it really is an insight into what our government actually thinks of us and how little respect they have for us and how they believe, hey, all of you people are just a bunch of buffoons. And. And even if you catch us, you're not going to do anything about it anyway. Um, so obviously, the Epstein client, uh, client, uh, the Epstein associate list. How about we say that the Epstein associate list? Uh, <laughs> no, known conspirators. Yeah, the, the, we don't know if how many were actually clients, but associate list was out and um, making news. I'm not sure we learned anything knew other than maybe the amount of times people were associating with Epstein. But everybody knew Bill Clinton was an associate with him, and everybody knew it wasn't just peripherally, well, I posed for a picture with this guy because he gave $10,000. I think everybody knew Alan Dershowitz was associated with the guy. Everybody knew Prince Andrew was associated with the guy. There was nobody that we saw on there, nor intricate detail, where you said, wow, that is just earth-shattering news. Uh, But his brother, Epstein's brother, Mark Epstein, went on Tucker Carlson um, yesterday. The video dropped yesterday. By the way, Tucker Carlson is more powerful off Fox News than he was on Fox News. Yes, I would agree. Isn't that just a total indictment of the kind of the legacy media and how epically they have failed that a guy can get booted off of your platform and he becomes more powerful just doing his own thing on the Internet? Well, I I think that's just the way media is going, Rob. It's, yeah, more and more people can produce whatever they want. They can put it out online, and more more and more people can find them, and it's easier to do it. So, yeah, legacy media is... It's holding its own, but it's there's other other opportunities for people. Well, we talked about this a lot with like here in Indianapolis, and actually we did our whole episode of State House Happenings. The podcast is up. We post that on WIBC social media, but also airs Sunday mornings on WIBC. Abdul and Jim Merritt are my co-hosts with that, and we were talking about that specific thing this week about how legacy media, especially as it pertains to Central Indiana, is what we were focusing on. Um, I mean, look, Indy Star is in huge trouble. We're still doing very well, but we're doing very well because we give people things they're not going to hear anywhere else. And that's why they continue to tune into WIBC. But if you look at traditional media in central Indiana, it's a whole new ballgame in terms of who's covering. You've got independent journalists that are kind of driving the boat now. People like Abdul, Adam Wren. You've got these nonprofits like Indiana Capital Chronicle. That is the future of covering especially covering in-depth Indiana politics and yes. government are these independent journalists and and, and nonprofits. Um, but anyway, so Mark Epstein was on with Tucker Carlson and talked about the just total lack of proof um, that there was any, not just proof that Epstein killed himself, but that there was even an investigation into Epstein's death. And, you know, when they call it a suicide, they stop investigating. Because if there's a suicide, there's really nothing to investigate. 
right. if it's a suicide, because somebody killed themselves, case closed. So that's how they can just sort of cover it up. They, never, they never did an investigation. They didn't, never interviewed the EMTs that were called to the jail. They never interviewed the hospital personnel where his body was, was shipped. They, they, I can't get any answers as to what investigation was done. When I met with the Justice Department people a few months after the death, every question I asked was answered by saying, after a thorough investigation, we determined it was a suicide. That was the, it was like them pleading the fifth. I got the same answer to every question I asked. Isn't it, I mean, are you a coincidence person, Brad? Are you a believer in coincidences? Sometimes there are coincidences, but how about like 30 coincidences? If it becomes a pattern, it's no longer a coincidence. <laughs> well, and that's the thing with the with the Epstein suicide, air quotes for you watching on YouTube, is that you can believe in one coincidence, but you have this guy who you know is public enemy number one, this guy who allegedly, and they get into that actually kind of in depth in this Tucker Carlson interview, tried to kill himself. That's highly refuted, whether he actually tried to kill himself before or not. But regardless, you you have a guy who you know is public enemy number one, has dirt on super powerful people, you believe is supposedly a suicide threat, and you just leave him unattended, and then magically... The most wanted man in America who has the potential to blow the lid on an entire cabal, allegedly of, of high-profile pedophiles, and there's just one set of cameras, and those just happen to be not working. Oh, my goodness, boy, wow, pretty wild and wacky. And then there's essentially no investigation, as the brother's talking about here, into the guy's death. Yeah. No, it's... I, that's no different than Dahmer. Dahmer's in a state that did not does not have capital punishment, and yeah, suddenly some other lifer who's in there who doesn't have anything to lose and probably got favors afterwards offs Dahmer. Yeah, uh, more from this interview with Mark Epstein, Jeffrey Epstein's brother. He he claims the woman who ruled it a suicide will not return his inquiries, and he does not believe that his brother tried to kill himself. So, um, do you have, have, did you speak to Barbara Sampson, the official who ruled this? No, I haven't been able to get to her. Oh, she never called you. No. So, in um, in her public explanation, she has been asked about this. We tried to reach out to her; she refused to speak to us um, for reasons we don't understand. Uh, but in her official explanation, she suggested that she ruled it a suicide, effectively overruling the judgment of the people who actually were from the autopsy because your brother had attempted suicide previously. Yeah, but that's been shown to be false. Uh, you can listen to David Schoen, his attorney, on the podcast, the Crime Waves podcast. He explains that Jeff was attacked by his cellmate, but he didn't want to report it as such because he was afraid of retaliation. Um, but every news account of his initial injuries in the, in the weeks before his death said that he had tried to kill himself in a, in a cell. He was found in fetal position on the floor after a failed suicide attempt, et cetera, et cetera. Well, you know, once somebody says that, then everyone picks up the same story. And then it becomes, you know, the truth just because it's been repeated so many times. But the fact is he was not, he did not attempt suicide that first time. And whether he attempted suicide or someone tried to kill him, I mean, it is relevant but you know this is a high-risk human being. Yes. This is the most high-profile inmate in the entire country who you know has the ability to blow the lid off countless, allegedly, very powerful people. And wouldn't you tell the guards at all points, no one is to ever leave this guy alone. 
No one is to ever leave this guy unattended. You are to check on him every five minutes. You got guys supposedly falling asleep. You got cameras not working. You got the guy left alone. Nobody believes that all those things just happened to magically have happened to this guy. I would agree because you're right. You you want this guy preserved because you want the justice system to play out. Now, is now the appropriate time for you and I to say we are not suicidal? Yeah, that's, <laughs> yes, I have no intention of harming myself. Uh, Brad's in for Casey. Let's take a break. When we come back, Brad, I don't know, I don't know if you know this. You're up on the news. You probably do. There's a governor's primary in Indiana. What? Is They're anybody open, running? Opening government governor's seat. There are five people running on the Republican side. And boy, Brad, are these people boring. You would think out of five people, <laughs> one of them would be mildly entertaining. And boy, are these people pathetically boring. So we're going to bring in somebody who's not boring. Our old friend Donald Rainwater, he's going to be the likely libertarian nominee for governor in 2024. We'll talk about the lack of vision from the Republicans. We'll talk about the lack of uh, bold policy proposals from the Republicans and why these people are so boring. It's coming up next. Kendall and Casey Show, 93 WIBC. Let's call the bouncer shuts the door. This magic moment drifts across the floor As Benny King's voice fills the air Baby, that's the power of prayer 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's out today. Brad's in for Casey. And boy, I'll tell you what, we've talked about this many times. There are are five kind of mainstream Republicans running for the governor's nomination this year in the state of Indiana, and they are all pathetically boring thus far. Not one of them with any sort of big and bold idea, and really not one of them giving us much to talk about. But one guy who does give us uh, something to talk about, he'll likely be the 2024 Libertarian nominee for governor, Donald Rainwater. Joins us now on the WIBC hotline. Yeah, Rainwater, I'm disappointed in all five of these people. They're, they're pretty boring thus far. What say you? Well, I, I say that uh, we need to talk more about uh, the things that are, are really uh, concerning the majority of Hoosiers, when they sit down and try to uh, pay their bills, and uh, we need to talk about the economy, we need to talk about uh, reducing taxes, not just some of the taxes, but all of the taxes. And, you know, we don't need a shell game where we talk about axing the tax, uh, but we don't talk about reducing property taxes or, or the gas tax. We need to talk about reducing all the taxes. We need to talk about giving Hoosiers some real relief and and trying to turn back. I've got a new phrase for you, Rob. Oh, how exciting. We need to roll it back. Oh, I love it. All of it, the taxes, the government roll, all of it. Can we steamroll it back? Can we can we steam it? Perfect. I love it. Hey, roll it back. Back to to, to 2012, if we can. Okay, so let's talk about because obviously you're the very likely libertarian. Have you cleared the field? Are you just going to go ahead and declare victory in the uh, libertarian convention? Uh, Are you prepared? No, sir. We have some folks that have have, uh, verbally declared that they are going to uh, also seek the nomination. And, And of course, we welcome. Uh, we welcome anyone who uh, wishes to do that. Uh, we believe in uh, the value of competition. And, and so, um, you know, we're fine with that. But we're out raising money. We're out uh, raising support. 
we have uh, not just your earned media attention, but we have uh, a lot of earned media attention. Uh, and so we believe that we are the best uh, possible option for the Libertarian Party nominee, and we're moving forward as such. Uh, Donald Rainwater, our guest. So let's talk about these five Republicans, because when you've got five, I thought, hey, we got five in the race. They're all kind of from very diverse backgrounds across the political spectrum. I thought, wow, this is going to be pretty interesting. We're going to get some, uh, you know, mud being slung. We're going to get some vast, uh, a vast array of policy proposals. There's nothing bold out of any of these people so far, other than maybe Maybe Suzanne Crouch, but nobody believes she actually would make the cuts necessary in spending to get rid of the income tax. It, it, it is amazing to me, Rainwater, that not one of them is well, even if they don't believe it, to come out and go, hey, I'm for getting rid of property taxes or you know, dramatically reforming property taxes. They all seem petrified to make the establishment angry. Well, I think that that's a, a very uh, astute observation on your part, Ron. Thanks. It's what I do. Uh, That's why I'm here. Absolutely it is. Uh, and and the reality is, is that, you know, that is why um, I'm able to talk about freezing the state budget, rolling it back, reducing all of the taxes, eliminating uh, things like the excise tax on your vehicle. Um, I can talk about this stuff because I don't have to answer to the big donors, the lobbyists, uh, all of the people who are um, in the ear of the establishment-seeking candidates. And and that's the problem. And that's the thing that – that's why I run, because somebody has to represent the Hoosier, the individual, the citizen, the person government is supposed to be – safeguarding their individual rights. Well, hey, let me and let me ask you a question. The folks that are running are just running to get a hold of a huge, you know, multi-billion dollar budget that they can then dole out to their friends. Well, so let me ask you that because it's interesting. I mean, obviously you've got Braun who I think internal polling shows is the sizable front runner. That makes sense. He's a US senator. He's presented himself as pretty conservative. But if you're That's cur- right, and he's a he's a political insider. You're right. 100%. Regardless but, but- of what his his ads say. <laughs> well, you're right. I mean, the guy, we, we talked this many times, Don. Legislature. He was in the Senate. You can't be a, a, a political uh, success story like like he is, and be a political outsider. Well, yeah, we, we've talked about this. You know, he voted for the gas tax. He voted for more than the 40 yeah. other tax increases in 2017 when he was in the, the General Assembly. But if you're Curtis Hill, if you're Eric Doden, you have nothing to lose by having really bold ideas. I am just amazed that these people all want to elevate themselves up the political ladder and be governor, and yet none of them are willing to say, hey, let's be really big and let's be really bold. I mean, their, their policy well, proposals are as entertaining as dry paint. Well, and I think if you listen carefully to what they say, they have some very uh, bold proposals. But they're not bold proposals here again that that help the individual. Um, I believe Eric Doden uh, is talking about uh, what he's going to do to transform rural Indiana into uh, a more urban Indiana. And I don't know that the people who live in rural Indiana 
want to be caramel. Yeah. Uh, now, the people who want to be caramel, I believe locally, they have the ability and they should have the, the freedom to economically develop as they see fit. But I don't think that the state should be doing it for them and making that decision for them. And I think that both um, uh, Mr. Chambers and Mr. Doden are looking to economically transform uh, the state of Indiana and continue to pump lots of taxpayer dollars into corporate development yeah, and i don't think that's what everybody in indiana wants or needs yeah you, you make a good point on don rainwater is our, our guest um you know I, i'm looking for the candidate I, if i were running and of course you are running so you can take this if you'd like uh or, or not use it at all i would i am voting for the candidate this year whose campaign slogan is i will leave you alone because you make such a great point they have, they have they have so destroyed these donut counties in terms of mass out of control irresponsible development much of it facilitated by economic incentives from the government both from a residential and commercial standpoint see this leap district which we'll get to here in a second that this idea that he's out there doden campaigning on as you said we're going to urbanize rural rural indiana i think rural indiana wants to remain rural indiana that's why they're rural to begin with I do, too. And, I, and I'll, I'll take this a step further, Rob. Uh, you know, I, I keep hearing about uh, from from several of those uh, Republican uh, candidates. I hear about, oh, we need to, you know, the way we're going to fix the economy is, is more jobs, more jobs. We're going to bring in more corporate jobs. Well, how does that help somebody who's got a job? <laughs> I don't. Maybe I'm too simple, but if I'm struggling economically because I have what? Are you want me to get two or three jobs? Yeah. How about we reduce taxes and we reduce government spending and and we reduce you know we 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 take actions that uh, free the economy. We have too many regulations. I, I can tell you right now. It makes no sense to me to continue to raise the individual citizens' property taxes while we continue to invite corporations to come in and get tax year or 10 year tax abatements in order to come to Indiana. What we're doing is we're, we're enticing people, corporations, to come here with other people's money. And OPM is not the way to encourage economic growth. We need to encourage Hoosier small businesses, Hoosier citizens to create more small businesses. You do that by cutting the individual taxes on people, give them more money to invest in in doing their own thing, not, hey, we're going to bring in these high-paying corporate jobs and you're going to take one. Yeah, That, to me, sounds a little bit... Uh, tyrannical, if you will. Yeah, I mean, you, you, and you talk a lot about this on, on social media, that, I mean, you look at like what's going on with the Leap District in, in Boone County, and there's other eminent domain uh, projects that I know you're talking quite a bit about. You were a, a huge leader and really helped save that farmer's market there off 31, um, where the state was trying to come in and, and bulldoze that thing over. I think individual property rights, I think 
in individual liberty. I think enabling people to be able to afford to stay in their homes and keep the quality of life and the type of life that they have today, I think that's going to be a huge issue. And I think right now, none of the five Republicans have any vision on that whatsoever. And I think that's a that's a real pathway for you in 2024. Well, and and I think the reality is here again, the the old parties, whether it's the Republican Party or the Democrat Party, uh, their vision has nothing to do with the individual Hoosier. It has to do with the special interests that uh, fill their campaign coffers so that they can run and get power and, and get control of that budget. And, and then dole that budget out. That's why one of the things that I'm going to call for is a freeze of the state budget. When I'm elected governor of the state of Indiana, I'm going to go to the General Assembly and say, you've got enough. The, the bureaucracy in this state has enough. We don't need more money. We don't need a pay raise from the people to spend more money, especially on you know our education. We keep hearing about third graders can't read that's a failure of our education system but our our supermajority keeps pumping more they're, they've been bragging about making unprecedented investment in education <laughs> what they're doing is is wasting your tax dollars on bad policy bad implementation they're not fixing the problem they're just throwing money at it yeah somebody's got to take the checkbook away from these people and you're just the man to do it don if anybody's going to take the checkbook away it's going to be you and maybe that'll be your campaign take the checkbook away away. steamroll it all roll it back (laughs) there you go steamroll it back yes sir hey if people want to learn more about you how can they do that oh they can go to rainwaterforindiana.com and if they'd like to volunteer to help the campaign, they can click on the contact link and, and fill out their information. If they'd like to help out by donating, they can click that donate button. You know, I don't get millions of dollars from all these special interests uh, like these other candidates do. The only way I get campaign funding is by individual Hoosiers going and clicking on that button. Donald Rainwater, the 2020 Libertarian nominee for governor, probably back on your ballot again in 2024. 93 WIBC, it's Kendall and Casey Show. It's time to hear from you. Kendall and Casey present voicemails. Brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN. It is the Kendall and Casey Show, 93 WIBC. I'm Rob Casey's out today. Brad is in for Casey. Normally do voicemails at this time. We do have a voicemail, but we're going to save it for Hammer when he comes in uh, to find out how fat he is next segment because the (laughs) voicemail is actually directed at Hammer, so we will save that for him. In the meantime, Brad, I I wanted to play this game with you today because um, you and I were chatting uh, before the show and we were kind of talking about when people first started drinking and when people first started more importantly drinking in in earnest and um you have consumed a lot of alcohol in your life <laughs> i mean I, 
the, the way you put it, uh, I consume. I mean, you're not Otis. Like you're not Otis. I'm not Otis, Otis, but I I have had my fair share. I've been a beer salesman. Yeah. I have owned and operated bars. So your general I own a beer. Your general life has been centered around. And again, this is going to sound worse than I mean it to be. But your general life has been centered around alcohol. Yes, I mean, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not saying you're making me thirsty. I'm well, I'm not saying you've got like a flask that you're. <laughs> you're walking down the street. Uh, I'm not saying you like you're pouring, you know, vodka into every diet soda you consume or anything like that. You're clearly as the. Uh, would you like to go ahead and give out the uh, the hashtag? Uh, what hashtag? Why I love Lawrence. Yeah, you're the. the you're a chamber. I, I, of, I, I run the cha- Lawrence Chamber of Commerce. I mean, so you're a very professional. C- come person. spend your money in Lawrence. Come out and have some dinner at Cafe Audrey's or lunch at Fitzgerald's or beer at yeah. uh, Triton Brewery. I mean, you can have, I go on? You have many references <laughs> that have been given to you over the years. However, I mean. Again, Again, you, whether you were, you know, you've, you've owned bars, you've run bars, you've run clubs, you've been a distributor of alcohol. You, what is this? You gave me, a, you have a new beer out. So right? I, I've got. A- so, in addition to Alpsprow, which is in production, available at fine local retailers, I also own the trademarks to Circle City Beer, which yeah. I gave you and Kevin a pin. For we now Cir- have. Yep, there it is. For I Circle it City there. Beer. I hope to have it um, in production by the end of this year. I also own Nickel Plate Beer. Yeah. I also have hope to have it in production. And then KG Schmidt's First Premium, which is an old Logan Sport brand. So, your life socially has been centered around you know alcohol of various shapes. Yes, I've made lots of money. F- fashion, yes, yeah. absolutely. So it got me to think, like, if you could have your entire, all the time you had spent this centered around alcohol. Now, I'm not talking about, like, if you went out to dinner and you had a beer. But that I'm saying right. either you went to a bar. If I'm or, watching a game and I'm having beers, that counts as having that, beers, Yeah, that, right? that, that counts. Okay. Because, and I know when you're, you have a speakeasy at your house. I do. People come over and that's where they go and they you stand up there and drink. If alcohol was the center of what you're doing now, like if you went to a Colts game and had a beer, that doesn't count. The Colts game. What is if the- you had four before the game started, <laughs> then another four? Then you would count that time <laughs> that the lead up, the pre gaming would okay. count. So if you took all the time in your life, you have been cons- you have, alcohol was the center of what you were doing. How much of your life do you think you would get back if we took that one lump thing and gave it back to you? How much do you think of your life you would get back? Right, now, when you pose this question, I had to re- revert back to my college-level math courses yeah, yeah. to do the math on this. I, let me preface this. I also spent a number of time, years bartending in Broderpool yeah. through the early 2000s. And I know at the time, I had a bottle opener. And one day I did the math. I estimate that that one bottle opener has opened approximately <laughs> 50,000 beers over its lifetime. <laughs> So, so that that is just one number that I, I set off to the side. But on this, so I figure, Brad actually I, wrote it down. He's got. I, I, did, he I, write it up, down, so I love you. Opened up a notebook to make notes. I told you this is higher math. Okay, here. so I'm gonna guess because you are. Do you mind if I give your age? Do you care? No, go right ahead. You're 55. Correct. I mean, and you're very still well assembled for yeah. 55. Um, I'm gonna get. My guess would be if I had to say an over under. In mass, in lump. It's like when they take a pound of fat and show it to you on the video right. of, of what it actually looks like. Uh, I'm going to say th- four years. Four years of your life you would have l- back. So l- let me get, I'll, I will tell you how I got to my number. So yeah. I estimated 
roughly 10 hours a week yeah you know it's it's been less here the last sure. five six seven years but it, it was 10 more. hours a week that's it i would have had that higher so i'm well it, and it, maybe it is higher so in those years when i was selling beer and i had yeah. broader ball i mean i'd work all day and then yeah. we'd go out and do promos at night and that's three four five hours yeah, i'm not sure if i would four days a week because that's work although it was but, centered around alcohol it was centered around alcohol yeah. and it was on somebody else's tab that's true yeah so were the, you drinking yeah. Oh, then yeah, that it probably does count. Yeah. I mean, if you're so, like when I'm tending bar at the golf course, I'm not drinking. You're not so drinking. Count so that doesn't count. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All so, right. but so I, I estimated ten hours a week. Yeah. So that's okay. five hundred hours a year times thirty seven ish years. <laughs> I love he's he's a ah no. <laughs> yes. So that that by my math that is eighteen thousand five hundred hours. Yeah. Spent doing that, which is roughly seven hundred and seventy days. <laughs> Of twenty four seven. So that's two, two, two years, years, two and a half, two, two, a little bit over two years of your life. Yeah, would have been sent, spent centered around consuming alcohol. Yes, and that's the fun two years. So the, I, okay, so here's the follow up question: If I could give you, if I would extract those memories from you and say, "We'll give you the two two years plus back," or you can keep the memories. What are you taking? I'm keeping the memories. Yeah, there I you go. I am keeping the yeah. memories. Some of, those are some of the best times of my life right yeah. now. Yeah. All right, Kev, how about you? How much of your life? You're 28. Yeah. Let's just be honest. You started drinking well before 21. I'm not going to give the probably exact, the exact time guess. I will guess. say I had my uh, first hurrah about 12 <laughs> years ago. Okay. Yeah, that seems about right. So what, what do you think? How much? A, a year of your life? I mean, I, you... I think a year. See, I don't even know what formula to use for this, yeah. but I, based on Brad's answer, I'm gonna say maybe a year. Yeah, I would. That would. Do that you would think that's be, pretty fair? Yeah, and uh, if, that's probably. Yeah, I would say based on my numbers, I'm probably front loaded on that. Yeah. So it's been less, like it's a later on. But yeah, when I was Kevin's age, that number was more like 15 or 20 hours a week. Yeah. Yeah. So would you, if I could give you one year back, like yo, and I will hand you one year on your life your life will be extended whatever it is we hope it's many many years but your life will be extended by one year and you can have that year back and the memories that you have consuming the alcohol are erased from your from your mind would you take the memories or would you take the year of your of your life i'm i'm keeping the memories yeah and i've learned a lot of valuable lessons during those times (laughs) and i've learned from it and yeah, I would not give that up for anything. Yeah, boy, this is a good... Th- we're probably going to get a Marconi or something for this. We, we are. So, well, <laughs> I guess, uh, to Kevin's point, I mean, I think you work to have those good times. Yeah, you do. I mean, yeah. th- obviously, you can take it to an extreme and suddenly they start to become a problem. Right. But, you know, Kevin and I are functional members of society yeah. and we know when to say when and it, you know... it. I've exactly. never been to jail. I'm hoping Kevin has not. But, but <laughs> I, I have not, fortunately. <laughs> there we go. Kevin so. has admitted, admitted to several crimes on this radio show, but he has never actually been to jail. It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Well, and you know, the great Michael Stanley once said, all you get to keep are the memories. You got to make the good ones last. So, and that's right. Exactly. I mean, now, Rob, you had said when we were talking off air, I mean, that you were late to the party, yeah. so to speak, when it came to drinking alcohol, but then you realized, oh, all the hot chicks are hanging out at the bars. Well, every, everything I've done in my life, and I say this proudly, from about the age of probably 18 on was centered around convincing good-looking women to engage in interpersonal relationships of some sort and it was about i would say about 23 before i realized i am missing out on so many opportunities by not being an active and engaged member of the broad ripple slash downtown drinking society (laughs) 
And so I freely admit my engagement sometimes to excess was never about the alcohol itself, but rather about the scenery that came in the environment where the alcohol was served. So I would say I didn't probably actively engage until 23-ish, but I was pretty engaged until early 30s, I would say, but it was mostly Fridays and Saturdays only. So if you said, ah, man, at least a half a year, maybe a full year, I don't know, because that's six, that's, six that's six hours a day, two days a week, that's 12 hours, but it's a much shorter time frame like than you right. have, because you're a little more seasoned. So if yours is two years... Yeah, yours is probably a year. Yeah, year yeah of your life. You maybe. went pretty hard in like your late twenties, yeah. early thirties. Yeah, I made up for the lost time. Yeah. Now, now let's be honest. Today is kind of the man show day. Yeah, absolutely. Here. Think about it. If it wasn't for Chase and Tail, most great accomplishments would have never happened in this world. <laughs> It motivates man. It does motivate man. I mean, all the great structures. Rob wanting to be on the air. Yeah, exactly. Every, I mean, every, think about it. If you weren't on the air, you wouldn't have your wife. Everything. Yes, that's correct. And, and I wouldn't have had many things that came in the lead up to every. I mean, I, like, I freely admit this. And, and this is part of why our, this people listen to our show. We are honest about our, our lives. Basically, everything that I did in my life from choosing a career in radio to social habits or whatever was about chasing after women. I admit that. I'm not ashamed to admit that. And if anybody tells you otherwise, if they're a dude, they're probably lying They to are you. lying. Exactly. Absolutely. Thank the you. most miserable people I know don't go out and <laughs> don't have women in their lives. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll find out how fat Hammer is, plus a voicemail for the Hammer and Nigel show. Brad's in for Casey, 93 WIBC. Well, I totally forgot, and he told me several times, and it's 100% on me, Hammer's out today, so we won't find out how fat Hammer is. Goodbye, Hammer. I don't know if he has to technically take a timeout on that. Since... He's dodging the weigh-in. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And there's no way he's under, whatever that was, 240 points. He last weighed in on the 17th of November. There's no way in two months he is under 240 it's points. It's been holidays. He's been on vacation. Yeah, no way. Dude. There's no way. So I feel like he owes me five bucks or should have to spend a timeout. But anyway, I totally on me. He told me several times, and I just as usual, like most conversations in my life, wasn't paying attention. It is the Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob. Brad's here. And for Casey today, Kevin's here. All right. So we did get a voicemail, though, that I'd planned to play for Hammer. We're going to play it anyway, because it's hilarious uh, about the Hammer and Nigel show. Um, 317-684-8444 if you want to call and be a part of the program. Now, you heard this voicemail on the queue, Brad, and you know this caller. I know this caller. I'm so excited. And would you like to you want to oh, ladies and gentlemen, if you know the name Crazy Larry, we've got Crazy Larry for you Who today. Who is Crazy Larry? Because this guy this guy calls, if it's who I'm thinking of, calls the show all the time, and we usually don't end up playing his voicemails, but he, he calls all the time, and I think he used to call even way back when the chicks on the right were. Oh, he called the, the chicks when um, Abdul was on WXNT, and when I would fill in for Abdul on XNT, he called all the time. Crazy Larry, if you follow any of the uh, government meetings that happen at yeah. the city county building, he is the African-American guy. He always has on a, a tattered gray sweatshirt, and he wears a paper bag on his head. Oh! He is that guy, and usually he has slave written across him, oh. and he sometimes is in white face. Is, <laughs> he's, he's in what? White face. That is like where you paint your face white, white if you're not white. Correct. I, I didn't even know that was a... 
I didn't know thing. it was a thing well, either. Kind but it makes sense. Yes, but that's this guy. And you think this is this guy? I am 99.9% sure well, this is Crazy Larry. This guy has been calling the show for years, and now it's nice to finally have a name because usually yes. a lot of times. In a face. Yeah. <laughs> in a face. Uh, all right, Kev, let her fly. Hey, Robin. Uh, in case we all got a good show, right? But Ham and Nigel is funny as hell, man. And I know that they're not two fing drunks. Hammer's a fat ass, right? A fat ass pear shape, but he's no fing drunk. They're probably both uh, radio nerds, but they're not drunks. But their show is funny as hell. <laughs> A gym that Crazy Larry dropped on the show one time when I was in there, he referred to Mazel Tov cocktails. Oh! Um, okay, so I guess we should probably address that. One, yes, Hammer is fat and is shaped like a pear. Yes. Uh, two, they are radio nerds, and they're number one, and they're very great. They're very good at being radio nerds. Uh, I don't know. If they're not alcoholics, Ham... I want to say no for Hammer, but yes for Nigel. I, I don't I did know. Love, I heard the conversation with them last week, and I'm not sure that Nigel was there. It might have been a day that Nigel was out, but Hammer was like, I drink a lot, Yeah, but Nigel makes me look like a teetotaler. Yeah, well, we told you the thing where Nigel had sent us a, because he had been ill and missed a couple days of, of work. I think he had... I think he said he had, had ended up having COVID, and he said, "Ah, oh, I haven't drank for twelve days. I think I'm going to just stop drinking." <laughs> Hammer and I were laughing because as he uh, was texting with us, he was wearing his fireball hat as he was texting oh. that, and then the next day, sarcastically asked him, "Hey, how's sobriety?" And he said, "Well, I've had a a couple scotches today." <laughs> No, I got to do Beer Sample Friday with him a couple weeks ago. Oh, I bet that was He's a blast. never more excited than when I bring beer into yeah, the studio. I think that would be a fascinating. We had had this. Hammer and I had had this conversation years ago um, about if we were to pair people up and in a t- tag team wrestling style, March Madness type format, if you were to t- pair people up like team drinking who could drink who under the table? Because, I mean, we do have in this building some people who I think really can consume beers. Obviously, you have Hammer and Nigel. Right. You have you. You have uh, Abdul. Abdul. Now, Abdul's much thinner than he used to be, so I'm not sure if he can And he's observing dry January. I'm not sure that anybody who observes dry January can be eligible for this tournament. But you have several people who can... I mean, just actively... Kevin. Here's the problem with Kevin, though. I thought Kevin would be on this, but he... You did so poorly at a night with WIBC that... What do you mean? Uh, well, I mean, we had to drive you home. Yeah, but I... I <laughs> because half the attendees were buying them drinks. Well, yeah, and I pregame before that. But this, so. is, this is the point. If we're going to be at a drinking tournament, we can't have somebody that's going to wilt after a couple of well, shots. Well, here's of, the thing, though. It's not like I blacked out and I puked all over the place. I just couldn't drive home. That's true. Which happens when you drink, yeah. right? I mean, no, you shouldn't drive when you I, drink. My impression is Casey could probably hold her own. Maybe if there was a women's if drinking. If there was a, a women's division. But, like, uh, I mean, I mean, who are we going to have, though? Is it it's Terry Stacy against Casey? I mean, <laughs> Casey seems like, I mean, she drinks wine now, though. Oh, yeah, and it'll take her nine hours to figure out what she wants to drink, <laughs> so she might win by default. The other people might fold out of boredom. And I got to admit, I don't know the newsroom real well. I mean, there might be some heavy hitters there. Yeah, you think we think Donnie Burgess? What do we think? I don't know.
He might be a beer guy. Do- I think Donnie, Donnie Burgess Bird. would just, just enter as my odds-on favorite to win the newsroom drinking. See, and John, I know nothing John about Herrick that. is a big guy. He is, but he I don't. Just, but now he's getting married, and he's going to be a stepdad. Slowing and down. I, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know what sort of shape John Herrick is in, but we may need to bring that back. Like we, maybe we could do that for charity or some sort of, you know, maybe we stream it. I don't know. Hammer and I had that idea years ago. I like it to have team a team drinking competition and i don't know how we divide it up but i think we could we um, almost need it like a three-legged race i mean you guy partner a, a lower seed with a higher seed <laughs> yes yes i like that yeah absolutely because <laughs> like if you put hammer and nigel together they're gonna 100 percent enter as your odds on favorite now if it was like you and abdul were a team maybe guy relford and tony katz were oh, a team actually Relford and Katz could be... Although Katz is kind of wimpy with his drinking. He sips on that bourbon for like an hour. And he's, I don't know how he does yeah, that. Yeah, he's so sophisticated about it. He wants you to know what an elitist he is when it comes to his <laughs> to his drinking. I, I'm envisioning in the movie It's a Wonderful Life when Martini is at Martini, <laughs> or Nick is at Martini, just like, this is a bar for men who want to get drunk and get drunk fast. <laughs> well, that would also be how you would have to lay it out, is what is the... What is the, uh, how do we judge success? Is it who can drink the longest or who can drink the most? Like, do you have to have a beer done? So, for example, you got, you were doing fine until we did the Thunder Beers at night with WIBC, Kev. That did kind and of you were never over. the same after the. Kevin was probably mixing. He probably I, I, did I, lots I of. Make, I made a mistake with yeah. the mixing the alcohols. Yeah. And it, I try not to do that. But, yeah, that was uh, that was silly. And different drinks affect different people different ways. And you know this very well. Right. As years I, in the I could do business. beer all night long yeah. and be just fine. But if you now if we're going to say if we're going to have. Like, if we were having a Long Island iced tea competition, well, I'm your number one seed because I've drank those. Yeah. In mass for years and years and years. However, if it's a beer competition, obviously someone like you is going to have a strong competitive advantage. So I really think we need to kind of lay out some ground rules, but we could probably raise quite a bit of money for some sort of charitable cause if we really put our minds to this and maybe we invite people to attend and maybe there's you know some sort of I, I sign up th- fee there's a lot of bar owners out there that i'd be i bet would be more than happy to host probably be some liability issues too yeah, though maybe yeah I don't we'll know. i'll bring a designated driver we'll, we'll run it through upper management <laughs> hey it's kendall and casey show brad's in for casey 93 wibc